MS, MS, thank you just for being here. MS, I say this often, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Just to, to be with Chavra, to sing with Chavra, lifts up our neshamas in ways we all need so deeply these days. We could have kept them going for a very long time, but it's close to 12 already. I don't I want the Chavra to stay up for the Torah, you know. But I'm to be together with Shadikim, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, to prepare for Shabbos. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. It's supposed to be a year, it's supposed to have Shabbos, it's supposed to have Torah, it's supposed to have MS. We live in a world so full of Shekhar and more than ever. We have MS. So when you have MS, to Shiloh, where else you'd want to be now? Shiloh, though, this is Monsieur Snafesh, and this is what we need to be doing. As we said before for a moment. You know, when our brothers and sisters are Moisir Nefesh in ways that most of us would be shaking in our, in our, in our shoes and are Moisir Nefesh and putting their lives on the line for each and every one of us, for Eretz Yisrael, for Klal Yisrael, leaving their families. <clears throat> Katointi, you know, this, this past Sunday night, one of my Talmidim, I don't know if I can say the name because he wasn't supposed to be enforced him that he was back here. The army told him that like, people shouldn't know that he's in the army when he's back here because it's dangerous for him. But one of my Talmidim, that a super close Talmud, who's in the army now, and uh, he's actually stationed up north fighting Hezbollah. But, you know, we're so focused on the south, but there's plenty going up up north. There's plenty of uh, our Oivim there as well, and plenty of... Plenty of Zakhanis and the Fashas going on there, and, and, and plenty of Monsieur Snafish in very, very real ways. He was telling me stories. <clears throat> so he, came, he, had his, he had his sister's chasana, and they let him come, come back for a few days. And he, he surprised me Sunday. He said, Sunday, I get a text from him, Rebbe, I have to, have to bring you something, bring, have someone, or I don't remember the exact Lushen, but like, I'm surprised for you. Are you going to be home at all during the day? I figured he's sending me to safe or something, a place which I don't know what it was. And I'm like, oh, I'm. I'm not going up to six, but someone's home all day. He's like, six is fine, and he shows up here. Mamish, like, I'm, I'm davening for him every moment. And then he just shows up here. It was like, Mamish, it was, it was a crazy moment. And this Talmud, he's serving and, and protecting us, and my Nefesh, every moment. He left in his home four children, his wife, his wife, who can I know, is seven and a half, half months pregnant. You know what that is? You know what that is? You know what and, and doing it with such simcha and such sense of, of will and ruts on it, we're so small. We're so small. But at least we have to be Moser Nefesh in the ways we could be Moser Nefesh, in our learning, in our davening. Not just learning and davening, Moser Nefesh is learning and davening. That's why we're here. That's why we come to learn late at night. At times when, when other people want to be sleeping, the end of the night, when we're tired. We're going to admit some are tired, but this is Moser Nefesh. We can, if they could be, if our brothers and sisters could be Moser Nefesh the way they are, we could be Moser Nefesh this way, you know? So, however, before we begin, before we begin learning, just all the Torah tonight, all the Chizik, all the Cyrus, all the Brachos on, on, on the Big Kiddush, and continue to eat the if you want, don't, don't feel bad. If you have to get more waters, by the way, just, just go in the back room and get whatever you need, I don't know if Chavra wants more, I see you Cups here. All the Chizik, all the Cyrus, all the Brachas tonight. Lilo Nishmas is being sponsored anonymously. Lilo Nishmas, Eliezer Ben Yisrael, Zechazadakash Bracha. 
I just want to point out tonight, those, those who've noticed, uh, maybe, maybe some, of, some of the chevra has picked up by now, I'm sure everybody has, that we've been learning and gaining chizik and esoyeris, lul nishmas el now every single week for an entire year. To say, first of all, I just have to say for a moment that there's an anonymous sponsor. You have to understand this anonymous sponsor decided already. You know, Zachy, when your father was sick, many times week after week was sponsoring for his refuah. But then, once the Petira decided they want that the entire year, every single week, that our Torah, our Chizik, our Cyrus, that it all should be a big schus for your father's neshama. So I want to say for a minute before we get to your father, like. What incredible! What, incre- what incredible people! What incredible! Come, come, come! There's more chairs. Bring over here. Bring over here. What incredible people! Like, I know who they are, and you know who they are. Everyone else doesn't need to know. They want it. First of all, that's because they're such balachas that they want it to be completely anonymous. But they happen to be people that are like family to me. That are they're not just friends. They're not just not just tamidim. They're they're mamish family. They're most the most special of people. And that they decided that on their own, no one asked them. No one that we want to. We want to make sure that there's big schusim for your father all year. We want to make sure that there's a soyrus for your father all year, that his neshama is constantly rising in Shemaim by all, all of us that are learning, by all the people that listen to Wai Torah, by throughout the world that are learning Lila Nishmas, your father, every single week the entire year. It's like they're incredible, and, and all of that should also be a big schus for them, for their mishpacha, for only simcha, for only bracha, for only besurus toivos and yeshuos in every way for them. Bez Hashem Sparach. And for your father, Eliezer ben Yisrael, Eliezer ben Yisrael, it's crazy how quickly a year goes by, no? Like, mamish, you see how time moves so quickly. How time moves so quickly, but it uh, feels like Karafayin. It's going to feel like Karafayin as Hashem Bekar, when Mashiach comes. And then through all these chusim, we're going to be taunting with your father. And through all these chusim, we're going to have Tchesa Mesim, we're going to Gerul Shlema. You know he's davening for you and for the family in ways we can't imagine. For you, for your brother, for your sister, for your mother, and for everybody. That's the type of listen. We and he knows a little bit about him, and I remember the stories. How he was thinking about everybody else, and he was taking care of everybody else always. That was his whole, his whole life was only to that. So clearly, in Shemayim, he can even do that much more in ways we can't even imagine. And uh, again, Mir Tashem, all the time will be big schus for his neshama. Should be a big male Joshua for your family until Rosaycha to be tantric with the Sheikh Zakane with Kulushlema, Behirimenu. The Yartzite actually falls out tomorrow night. Shab is Kaidish, but we mentioned before Al Pikabal that three days before, three days after is really one long Yartzite where the Nisham is connected and the Nisham is on some level here, more so here, and in, in, in gaining from all these chusim in incredible ways we can't imagine, Bez Hashem. And Sadiqim Afil Bivasan Chai. He's so much in your life and in your family's life, living according to the way he lived and living with his messages. <clears throat> and he's fully, fully here. Don't forget it for a minute. Bez Hashem. Chavis yeah. learn, you know, happens to be a very special parasha for me personally. <clears throat> it's my Bar Mitzvah parasha, you know. We all, we all connect to Bar Mitzvah parasha in like a very, very special way. There's something about that. You know, we spend enough time learning the laning. It happens to be as well, and maybe partially because of my remembrance of Parsha, but Parsha Vayera, you know, so when we talk about Parshas and you open up Svarim, most of us, 90, 90% of the Torah we know on Chumash is like, 
in the first aliyah. Because that's how this works. We, we, we learn and there's so... You look in Tzvar, there's like so much more Torah in the first aliyah because you get through and then it's already time to go on to the next week, you know? Hopefully we're Marvah Sedrash and I make but as far as getting more deep, deeply into the Torah. So, um, but when you come to Parshish Vayera, yeah, there's a lot spoken about at the beginning and the Malachim and, and I've been taken care of. And this is, again, there's other beautiful episodes, but then you can't not focus so much so on Shvi and Akedas Yitzchak. Akedas Yitzchak is mamish, the foundation of our life, the foundation of our world, the foundation of, of what it is to be a Yid, Akedas Yitzchak. Some of us say Akedas Yitzchak every single day. It's in, we should, we suppose it's part of Karbonos to say Akedas Yitzchak every single day. And that's telling, that's part of Karbonos, that we're supposed to say Akedas Yitzchak every single day. That means it's something that's fundamental, it's part of who we are that we need to be reminded constantly. So I want to share an idea based on something I saw from, from, from my Rebbe, from the Shira Pinchas, Shlita, Pinchas Friedman. You know, Rashi brings down a Medrash, I'll read it from the Medrash, from the source, that tells us about Akedas Yitzchak. Achar Hadvar Me'ela, the beginning of Akedas Yitzchak. Sorry, this is not the Medrash that we... No. The Gemara, I'm sorry. The Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Petas. I'm a base. Ve'lokim Nisah as Avram. And Hashem tested Avram. Ve'yomer kachnas bincha, take your son. Amrav Shem Amarabah, ain't no Elosho Makosho. Kachno, please take your son. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu was requesting. What do you mean requesting? Requesting that you pass this in Yisoya. Mashal HaMelech Tvazer Vidam. It's a parable to a human king. Sha'amdu alav milchamos harbe. Va'yilu gibor echa v'nitzchan liyamim. Amdod milchavu chazaka. What happened? He had a king and he had a warrior. He had one warrior that was very matzliach. Won a lot of wars for the king. And then there was this very big war now. The king came to this warrior and said, I ask you, please win this war. So people don't say, eh, big deal that you won the earlier ones. They were minuscule. They were nothing compared to the, the final war. And look, you weren't able to win that war. I tested you with many tests. And you stood up and you passed all of them. Please, please pass this test. So people don't say, eh, big deal that you passed the earlier test, you could have passed the last test. And the Gemara is a pella. Right? Because, because, let's, let's say, okay, it's Adam Avino and Baruch Hashem, does pass the test, and we'll get to that, but let's say he didn't pass this final test. Let's say he wasn't able to be willing to shech, to kill his 37-year-old son, who he loved dearly, who he waited 100 years for, who he was promised, who he was promised would be the future of his entire nation. Let's say he wasn't able to do that. <laughs> like, that means his whole life was worthless. And uh, So when you threw yourself in a fire, Avram, if you weren't able to do that, that was nothing. You left your homeland... You, you had your wife taken by, by, by Paro. You had all these tests that you passed. All that nothing. I mean, Shkoyach. Yes, we could understand that Akedah Yitzchak might have been bigger than all those. But all that nothing? Really? What was Akedah Yitzchak that was so Kaddish, so holy, and so that 
showed more than anything else that Avram like was above and beyond. First of all, I think part of it might just be just Pashup Shat. You know, it's not saying that really he didn't. The Rebbeim didn't say, by the way, that Mamish everything till now was nothing. Because people would say Shlo Yomru that they won't say this because we know the nature of man is we forget about the past and we're only looking in now. Right, you take lahavdal, 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 lahavdal. You, t- you take sports, right? <clears throat> Whatever the sport, you take basketball, and you have some, uh, I don't know, whoever it might be, I don't know who's, a, you know, LeBron James, LeBron James, right? I don't know, I'm just picking someone, whatever, let's say LeBron, and, and you watch, you're a LeBron fan, or you're not a LeBron fan, let's say you're not, even better, you're not a LeBron fan, you watch LeBron, LeBron has, you know, it's the finals, and he has game one, he plays incredible, game two, he plays incredible, and, and then playing three, he plays incredible, and then game, game four, he's horrible, horrible, like Mamish, and like throws away a pass at the end, and loses the game for the team, you, open, you, you turn on sports radio, that's all, they're, they're talking about how terrible LeBron James is. Doesn't matter that he got the team all the way to the final single handedly. Doesn't matter that he won game one, two, and three by himself with the whole team on his shoulders. Where we really focus, the end is what we really focus on, and we forget very, very, very quickly the entire past. Right? Very quickly we forget that. So that's just the nature of a human being. Maybe that's what telling us. Avram, it's not that Hashem saying I wouldn't value all that you did till now, but people would say this, and I don't want that to be. That's one. Maybe that's shot. But I want to focus on another idea of what Akedat Yitzchuk was. Again, and through the eyes of my Rebbe, something that he opened me up, I never saw it like this, and it's, it's a different Yisod. You know, there's a famous Medrash, who we once spoke about before at this table, I don't could have been years before any of you guys were Shaykh to this year, I don't know, this year has been going on for a while, so I never, but there was, I definitely said over this Medrash Tanchuma before. This Medrash Tanchuma in the beginning of Vayera. Vayera I love, Vayera I love Hashem, Be'elonei Mamre. So Rashi says, if you, if you already remember, said you. So Rashi, Rashi says, why did this all, Why did Hashem appear in the plains of Mamre? Who was Mamre? So he alludes. He doesn't give the whole story. He alludes to this Medrash Tanchuma. He says Mamre gave Eitzah about Brismila. That's all. The, but Rashi doesn't give the details, and it's a, somewhat of a famous Medrash. Maybe some of the Chaver knows the Medrash, but it's a very puzzling Medrash. You know, it's, the Medrash is found in the Medrash Tanchum at the beginning of Eira, because on those words, Be'elonim Amrei, but it's really a Medrash that probably occurred, not probably, it had to occur in last week's Parsha, really. Why? When Avram Avinu was given the commandment to be Mekayim Brismila. So one would think he would go and do a Brismila. It's not what happened, the Medrash says. You know what he did? He first, he went to his friends. He had three friends, Avram. Maybe he had more, but the three in the Medrash. Three best friends. Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. And he goes to his friends to ask them if she should be Mekayim Brismila. And Aner and Eshkol both said, no way. You're, so, you're 99 years old already. You're going to have Brismila. You're, you're not going to survive it. It's very dangerous. It, it, also, you just fought against the kings. They're going to find out you're very weak now because you had brismila. They're going to come get you. You can't do brismila. Not a good idea. Then Mamri says, Mamri looks at him and says, I don't mean it seriously. Kadesh Baruch Hu, who you trust, the Kadesh Baruch Hu, the Bari Amo, you're, you're, you're teaching the whole world about it. He tells you to do something. You're, you're asking me such a question. Of course you can do a brismila. And then Avram does brismila. And the obvious question on the Medrash is Avram, Really? 
In this week's parish of Ayom Reshamab, Kachnas Bincha, Asher Yechidcha, Valil Sham Laola, take your son and Kakez Yitzchak. Avram Bayashkim, Avram Baboker, Chavoshes Chamoro, Avram doesn't flinch. Kill my 37 year old son, which we're going to talk more deeply about. Avram doesn't flinch. Sure, God, anything for you. <laughs> a little cut over a little, one little limb. Okay, I mean, ouch when you're that old. But like Lemaisa, like really? You have to go to ask your friends if I should do it? Is that like what's going on? Right? Avram Vinu believes in Hashem. Avram Vinu, who's not thinking twice about a case Yitzchak, by a bris mila, he's, he's going and asking his friends advice. Like, what's it all about? Sehil Yashem Shemuel Sachachavar says something so beautiful. Avram Avinu, his whole essence of his life was not just to believe in Hashem, not just to be one with Hashem, not just to have the, the deepest of moon in all of history that he found on his own, but to spread it to the world. To spread it to the world. He was a misguided gayrim and he was teaching the whole world about Hashem. And wanted the whole world to believe in Hashem, the whole world to see MS. He wanted to be Mashbiyah and others. And that's why he was the king of Achnasas Orchim and, and Chesed as well. He was just a, a giving being, emulating God in the deepest of ways. But more than just doing Chesed, he was lifting up people. Lifting up people. <clears throat> he understood without, without Munab Hashem, without a relationship with Hashem, you have nothing. And he wanted the whole world to have that. We see the world we live in today. The world of Sheker. The scary world. It's so, it's so hard for us to comprehend how people who call themselves bright, who, who they, they, they seem in the, in the world view to be bright people because they're in top-level colleges, whether it be Columbia, Harvard, Oxford, wherever you call it. And they're, they're, it's not just that... I mean, obviously, we could say, and probability as many of them, it's complete anti-Semitism. Of course, they hate us. I'm saying it as it is, but at the same time, it's anti-Semitism with complete tipshus. They mamish, it's like, they're saying things that are, that are so foolish, like, like mamish, my, my, my nine-year-old knows, is a much smarter person than them. Okay, so just say, I hate you and I want to kill you, to try to say these things they're, they're saying. It's mamish, it's like, you're blown away. It's such, it's like that someone could be such a ksil, such a, such a tipesh. But the MS is, when you don't, when you don't have Rabbi Nishalom by your side, when you don't have MS, when you don't have monotheism, you don't believe in Hashem, you don't believe in Torah, you don't have the objective truth, then you have subjective reality, and whatever you want to believe is true is true, and therefore you, you twist everything to what, whatever you want to believe, and you, whatever, you're a fool. You're a fool and you're an anti-Semite. It's that Pashat, which is, we're, we're seeing more and more of the world is, sadly. But, uh, but Avram wanted to change the world. Avram didn't want that. Avram wanted that the whole world should see the MS that he found, that he knew, that he was, and he was not just going to stand by and be that by himself. He was going to spread it to the world. And he was afraid, he was afraid the following, he's afraid that if he goes and does this, Brismila, he's going to physically be different than everybody else in the world. And maybe he's no longer going to be accepted. Maybe no longer people are going to listen to him. Maybe he'll, and it's going to literally destroy his whole entire essence of his life. His whole mission in this world. So he needed to hear and know that, no, 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 at least one of his friends said, no, 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 go do it. That means people will accept me. If some will, they all will, Bezashem. 
But that's what the Shemish Mul says, why he went to his friends. Just to have the chizik. I mean, this stomach he would have done it anyways. Of course, God comes above everything. But ultimately, he needed to know and feel the, that calm, that I'm still going to be accepted. I'm still going to be able to live out my life's mission to change the world. Rav Shimon Sofer. Rav Shimon Sofer. Son of the Chsam Sofer. The grandson of Rav Kiva Eger, right? You know, the Chsam Sofer married Rav Kiva Eger's daughter, right? You hear the yichas. So he writes in his Agdama to, to his father's Shutim on Yerodeya. It's called Petukhei Choytam. So he writes the following. He writes the following. He takes, he, he builds off this Yisod. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he's building off the Shem Shemul, the same Yisod. And he asks, he wants to understand... And the Pasuk says in the parish in Parakid Ches, Pasuk Yotas, Ki Yadativ. Ki Yadativ. And Rashi says Yadativ is not just Hashem saying that he knew Avram, but Lashon Chiba, he loved Avram. Hashem loved Avram. And that's why he makes Avram the leader and the first of all of our nation. And he's the Avram on Goyim. He gives him the extra hay as we found in last week's parasha. So he wants to know why did he love Avram so much? There were other great people. Noach, again, with all the discussions of how big a tzaddik and not, the Pasuk says explicitly, Noach ish tzaddik tamim haya bedorosov. Right? We know Rashi, and we understand all the flaws, perhaps. Ain't tzaddik barshol yachta. But he was a tzaddik to save the world. But we don't see the same chiba. We don't see the same love. He wasn't one of the avos. You know, there was a, there was a individual chanoch. Chanoch was Kaidish Kedashim, was so holy, was so pure, he became a Malach. He became a Malach. So the Shimon Sofer once again, why do why you love Avram more than Chanoch? So he says exactly this, you saw that Avram understood and said, I could be a Chanoch, I could be a Malach, but Hashem already has myriads of Malach, has thousands and thousands of Malachim. Does he need another Malach? I'm going to be Mavatl myself to change the world. I'm going to be Mashbi on others. I'm going to care for others. I'm going to lift up others. And by the way, when you're lifting up others, it's a sacrifice from yourself. If you want to learn with others, you want to Mechazik others, you want to teach others, you want to spend time with others who need your help. You know what that means? You can't sit and learn. You can't sit and daven. You're sacrificing your own personal growth. Avram, I could have been a Chanoch, but instead, I'm going to be an Avram. I'm going to be the Av Hamon Goyim. I'm going to be the leader of the world, and be Mechazic world, and lift up others. And Rishim and Sofer says, that was the love. Laman Yidativ, look at the end of the Pasuk. Ki Yidativ, because I love you. Why? Laman Asher Yitzaves, Bonoves Bezo Achrav. Because you've commanded, you've taught your children, and the future generations, to what? V'shamru Derech Hashem. That they should keep Derech Hashem. Laso Stoko, Mishpat. Why? Again, because Yitzhak is born of his beso. That's kiyadativ. You know why I love you? Because you didn't just keep it for yourself. You lifted up every one of my children. That's where the love comes from, Rav Shimon Sofer says. That's our avoda. Our avoda is to be an Avram Avinu. Our avoda is to be an Avram Avinu. Ma'isavosim And give, and care, and be there for others. Sacrificing ourself, sacrificing our self growth, sacrificing our time. I've shared before, I've shared before many, many times. 
a conversation I've had, I had years ago with Ruchaim Kanyeski Zechas Alekal Shavracha. In fact, I don't know if I, I've said this to some of you, I don't know if I ever said it at the table. This, I have it in the other room, you can see. I have no idea how this happened. I don't know how, but the, I shared the story mainly when the year that Rav Chaim was Nifter. And somehow that year, Shabbos HaGadol, Rav Melech Biederman told over the story. And it's in the, the Torah Wellsprings. I have it here. The story, the story. I don't know how it got back to him, I have no idea who told it to him, but... This story, I have this. I have to find it. I have a video of this whole conversation somewhere, and I have to find where it is. I have someone, my friend who, took, who was with me, took a video of it while I was talking to Rebbeim. It goes back at least twelve, thirteen years ago, more maybe, maybe fourteen years ago. I don't remember exactly, but I was with Rebbeim, and I was already a, like I was already a Rebbe for about eight, nine years. And at that point, I was hitting a point where I had so little time to do my own learning. And one of the things I didn't realize at all going into Chinuch, I just never thought about, was how every year it's just exponential growth of Talmidim. That if you really build relations and really care, it's not like, I have my shear and next year another shear, so every year you're dealing with 20 guys. No, but every year it grows and grows and grows. And I, heaven knows, I try to get close to all the guys, not just in the shear, and try to build real ksharim. And then that, so I did a point then already where it's like, you know, getting phone calls and texts and, and everything all day long. I have very little time for myself and my own learning. If I, so I said to I told this to Reb Chaim, and I said, Reb Chaim, I have a many Talmidim, I'm spending so much time, and I have very little time for my own learning, what should I do? He looks at me, I'm telling you the story in English, it was obviously in Hebrew, this discussion, and he says, all the time that you're talking with your Talmidim, it's also considered that you're learning Torah. That's what Reb Chaim says to me. So then I said to Reb Chaim, I said, Rebbe, Maybe Rebbe, I just want to explain my Talmidim. I'm not talking about the Chevra here, obviously, but a lot of my Talmidim, you know, the conversations we have, they aren't necessarily like Shiloh's Vachuvas. And like, I explained it to him a little bit that like a lot of the conversations are, you know, I said, like, I, even I said, talking about sports, whatever I said to him. I don't know, I don't remember exactly what I said, the exact question, but I made it clear. So he looks at me and he says, Gamze Mitzvah Gedola. It's also a big mitzvah. So I looked at Reb Chaim I said, okay If I answered every single phone call every day And I well, it was proactive the way I want to be With people that I know need the chizik, whatever, I wouldn't have any time to learn Mamish, any time till two in the So I said, how, I said to Reb Chaim how much, how much should I make sure for myself To learn every single day So he looks at me And he says, just make sure to learn a little bit That's what he says to me that's Reb Chaim Knievsky. It was the biggest chizuk I've had in my life. I'll tell you why. Because Reb Chaim Knievsky, who we know, made Erev Pesach Hasiyim every single year on all of Torah. Right? All of Shas, Yushalmi, Bavli, all of Tanakh, all of Medrash, all of every, everything. Shulchan Arach. Everything. Made it, right? So here's the... I don't know if there was anyone in the world that learned more Torah a year than him. And he's telling me, just learn a little. <clears throat> Now, hopefully I'm learning a little more than a little, I hope. I, I... But the bottom line is, it gave me the biggest chizik in the world to understand what he was telling me was the biggest avod in the world <clears throat> is to give to others and care for others and be there for others and be an Avram Avinu. And be an Avram Avinu. You know, that's, that's my, I'll tell you, MS, that's my constant and, and over the last three weeks, more than ever, my constant daily. I'm telling you, Chavra, if you, you don't have to trust me, you don't have to trust anything I say, but I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, every single day I struggle. 
every single day I struggle. Take a seat. Every day I struggle thinking if, that I want to go live in Eretz <coughs> and I want to make Aliyah. Every day. And over the last few weeks, all day, all day, you see what's going on, and you know that's where we're supposed to be, that's where we need to be, that's where we're all supposed to be, and you see what's going on in this country, like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Why are any of us here? The world hates us, everybody hates us, everyone treats us like garbage, why are we, why are we, we have the ability we can get up and live in our Israel, in our homeland, like, what are we doing here? Every day I'm thinking. And every single, every single day I think and I want to. And my wife, oh, Shady, she's like, uh, Mila Emesis, who's not the biggest Sioni in the world these days, right? But she, she has it in her more. She went to Flatbush. So like, you know, if she went to Flatbush, it's in your bones, it's in your heart, it's in your like, I have it for my family, my grandmother, it's like, my grandmother was like settling Chevron back in the day, you know, like, like she has stories. No, no, Emes, like you don't understand. She was there in the middle of the night taking over like Beit Schneerson next to Beit Adas. Like she was there with, like we have very close family friends there and she was part of it. Like she was there, she flew there during the Gulf War to like, I don't know, to serve and take down Saddam Hussein. I don't know, like she, like, like we have it, uh, Chevron, like, Chevron's, I think I'm crazy, like me and my family, I'm not, t- I'm not telling you to do this, don't learn this from me, but like when I go to Chevron, like some people, you go on bulletproof buses and the Chvesnish, so I just drive, I go to Chevron, uh, the Messiah Raya is just to drive to Chevron. You know, so people ask me, why are you crazy? Because well, I remember when I was learning in KBY, Sean Alf, my grandmother comes to visit me and she says to me, uh, you know, let's let's go one day and we'll, let's go daven in Marzach Pale and Chevron. I said, okay, beautiful, wonderful. Okay, we're we're we have to go get the bulletproof bus and you know Chvestis from it was the one eighty one, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know whatever bus it was back then. And I'm, she's like, what are you talking about? I have my car. I'm like, what are you? Yeah, but we have to drive to Chevron through the, all the Arabs and see all the red signs that the, if you come here, we'll murder you. You know, like we don't. She's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I said, okay, stop them. You say it's fine, it's fine. So that's, you know, we, that's what we do. Hello, Isa. You know. Again, I'm not telling you to do that. Everyone has to know what they feel is safe. And, and you know, I'm listening. Everyone in Hebron, that's what they do. It's not like... But Lemaisa... Um, Lemaisa, I struggle with this every day. And every day I come with the same answer that I, I, I really believe, Acher Meyav Esrim, if I made Aliyah now... And I moved there to Israel, even though I deeply wanted to. The Rebbe Nishon would like slap me in the face and say, Aryeh, I needed you to be there. That's where you're supposed to be. You're there to be with the Yidin. You, you were helping him be Mechazik, and your Avodah was to be there. And be with Yidin in high school and post-high school. Well, whatever it is, whatever I, I think. I think, I hope I'm, I'm right, but that's what I think. But it's like, because that's our Avodah. Our Avodah is not just to live for ourselves. It's to live for others. <clears throat> to live for others, to give to others. And I was reminded, I was reminded of the story as... Read it to you. It's it's I can tell it over. It's so many more details. You know we have, we have this. However, you know we have this list. As much as people like make fun of the five towns at times, and 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 there's what to make fun of. Don't get me wrong. There's what to make fun of, and there's definitely some emphasis on materialism that needs to be thrown out the window. Obviously, we know that. You know, there's no question. And but but there's so much beauty. It's it's, a, it's an incredible neighborhood. 
It's an incredible place. The amount of learning, the amount of tefillah, the amount of achdus, the diversity. You have, you really, you have every type of yid here, and everybody gets along in beautiful ways. It's really, it's really, it's really, uh, it's not Eretz Yisrael. It's far from it. But if you're not going to be in Eretz Yisrael, I believe it's a beautiful place to be. I mean that. I'm not just saying that. You know, and um, I think part of the reasons are the big tzaddikim that we have here now. You know, to be in, in a community with 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 really special tzaddikim, the rabbanim that we have. I'm not going to start naming because if I do, it's wrong to to leave out some that I don't I don't want. Or so I'm not going to start naming, but like incredible, incredible people, world renowned people that travel all over the world to come to these tzaddikim that we have right here in this community. Our Rabbanim, and even the Rabbanim that aren't as famous, are like big people, big people, big Tamidichamim, caring individuals. But also the people that built this community. A Kiddush Kedoshim. And I don't know how many of you know the history of it, but like Rav Binyamin Kamenetsky, Zechis Adikash Rachel, Yaakov's son, who I had this to be close to, who built this community, built the Young Israel Woodmere, South Shore, the Shtibel, Tag. And really was the origin of our community. I mean, it was Kaidish Kadashim. A yid, his whole life was just giving and being there for others. Mamish, like, Kaidish Kadashim. Big, big people. The first Rav of the Young Israel Arn Seedhurst. You know what the first Rav was? It was a Gadol Hadar of Nachum Svi Kornmel. Rav Nachum Svi Kornmel was Chever with Rav Aaron Kotler of Moshe Feinstein. He was the biggest Kashrus in the whole entire country. When they had Shailas and Kashrus, they'd come to him. He was Machabish Svarim. Big, big. You don't understand how the big people that were here. I have a kois from him from my bar mitzvah in there. I can show you. Mamish Sadik And another Yid who was the beginning of our community and moving over to the Farakway community. But that's one of the beautiful things that we have the Farakway community as well. So we have so much, you know. You know where Shlomo Freifeld was? The Chavra, we have Chavra here that learns the Yashiv, and you have the Baruch Hashem, you have the have his son-in-law is Kodesh Kodashim, Rav Yeger, Shlita, Labadol Chaim, who's... who's a, you could go to Rav Yeager and you could talk to Rav Yeager. Any sugya in Shas, he's holding better than I've ever held in any sugya. Any sugya. It's unbelievable. Rav Yeager, Kodesh Kodashim. And he's the sweetest and such a special... And who was his shver, who, who started Shariyashiv? Rav Shlomo Freifeld. If you ask your parents, if you don't know who Rav Shlomo Freifeld, read the, if you haven't read the book on Rav, on Rav Shlomo Freifeld, you're missing out big time. Like, get it tomorrow and read it over Shabbos. No, no, you're, you're just missing out on life and who you could be. There's certain books that are so inspiring, you're going to be a different person because of it. One of them, you know, this past week, this past week was Rav Shlomo Karbach's yard site. If you didn't read Holy Brother yet, I, I, maybe you should leave Shir right now and go get it, because in Beit al I don't know if there's a, a, a safer that changed my life more than that transformative, Mamish, transformative. Book after, story after story of Holy Brother, Mamish is... I still, till today, I find myself only doing things because I ask myself what Rav Shlema would have done. Because of that book. Because of Holy Brother. Mamish, of, of the most Kaddish Tiksvar... Nisim, how I ever tell the story, how, how I read it the first time, you know this is a crazy story. You know what happened? Yeah, whatever. So many stories. No, no I never saw the story. Everything is for a reason. Everything works out. You know the story? Is that the story? About 22 years ago, the first, the first time ever that I had to break off, I had to, I had to not be with my wife for Shabbos. You know, when you're, when you're married right away, Shana Rishona, you're all excited, Shabbos. 
that first time you're not together for Shabbos is like, it's a big deal. So what happened? I had one of my closest friends, Ofrufs, and she had one of her very close family friends, Bar Mitzvahs, that was in Brooklyn, I was in Muncie, Spring Valley, whatever, we, we decided the right thing to do was split up for Shabbos. Fine, so I'm put up in this house with like eight of my friends, all the others were single, for Shabbos, I, so I didn't know Spring Valley from anything, right? We're five towns guys, like we don't hang out in Spring Valley, you know, like it's just, you know, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that's our floor. No, no, that's our floor. It's another floor of the five towns. But like, I didn't mean that in a way, but no, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, you never even heard of it, right? It's an outskirt of Muncie. It's part of Muncie, but anyways, exactly. It's Muncie. So. So I didn't know the neighborhood. Friday night was beautiful, whatever. Shabbos day, it was this time, by the way, it's right this time of year, you'll understand in a second. And Shabbos day, I, um, I go to shul and Ufruf and then we have lunch. And then after lunch, I was walking back, all the guys walked back before and the, the chassan was walking me back to the house where I was staying and dropped me off and he, and he leaves. And I'm, I walk into the house, the Shabbos afternoon, and it was the end of September, October time. So it was a little bit earlier than now. And I walk in, and all the guys that I was with, unfortunately, it was, uh, it was playoff season, and there was a big Yankee playoff game, and I'm not going to ask how it got on or whatever it was, I'm not going to, but they were all watching this game. Some of them I wasn't so surprised, some of them I was very surprised, but it was what it was, I'll judge anyone, but I, what am I going to, now, I'm stuck again in Spring Valley, I don't know where to go, I didn't even know my way by myself, so I'm like, part of me wanted to go back to Shul, I didn't think I'd know how to get there, and I remember it was drizzling, it's raining, and there's like three more hours till Mincha, whatever, so what do I do, like you walked into this house, and straight into the living room, they're all sitting there watching, so I just make like a beeline to like the steps up to where I was staying, I go into the room where I was sleeping, I close the door. And now I'm stuck in this room, but I wasn't tired, I didn't want to lay down, I don't have anything there, I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm stuck. Like I'm like a prisoner for Shabbos, you know? And I look on the shelf. I'm in someone's house. I don't know whose house it was. I see on the shelf this book. I never heard of it before. Holy Brother. And I pull it off the shelf. And I lay down in the bed. And I just read more than half of the book for the next two hours. And it lifted me up to places. I'm still today different because of it. You know, it was like the darkest time And Mamish was like, Hashem said No, 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 you need to be here to get this right now I can't tell you, I've given that book to tens and tens of people And it's, it's changed my life Anyways, but getting back to Refrain Felt, right? <laughs> I don't know That's another, so another book, back to the book The first book that I said you have to read is Rav Shlomo Who here read the book, Rav Shlomo About Rav Shlomo Not, what? Rav you read the one guy in the whole, Hashem Yerachim, we live here. How many guys are in here on Yashem? We have, a, we have a few guys, and you didn't read about Refraifield yet? Shh. <laughs> should know, you should know. I, was once t- I actually was once talking about this at a woman's year a, few, a bunch of years ago. And a girl comes over to me afterwards and tells me that she's a, she's a great-granddaughter of Refraifield. I'm like, oh, incredible, wow, beautiful. And then she says, but she never read the book. <laughs> I'm like, so I, wait, wait, wait. So I, I said, you come over to my house tomorrow and borrow my book for Shabbos and read it. And she did and she read it. I'm not sure I ever got it back from her, but that's another story. Anyways, Lamaisa, <laughs> listen to her Freifelds. I'm going to read it to you. I have a photocopy here. It says Ben Richard, but it says the name has been changed. 
This guy grew up in the 1960s in Brooklyn, hating every minute of city life. He dreamed of living with nature, planting, farming, and connecting with outdoors. The fact that his parents were Orthodox Jews did not really bother him. He needed his freedom. So at 17, he packed up and traveled thousands of miles to the Blackfeet Indian Reserve in Montana. While there, he majored in wildlife biology at a local college and learned from teachers on the reservation. <clears throat> Later, he joined another reservation in South Dakota. For years, he plowed the soil, ate his own produce, and lived on the land. Continuing his quest for more knowledge, he heard about a woman living in Ogallala, South Dakota. I don't know, I'm just reading. <laughs> the matriarch of some Indian society who possessed legendary insight. He decided, despite the trip, which would be across prairies and hills without road signs or even roads, he would make the journey. After two days of traveling alone, unsure if he was even headed in the right direction, he finally arrived, but when he approached the woman, she would not help him. You are not one of us, she said. You can never be like us. You don't belong here. But I have lived on reservations for years. I know your culture. I know your language. I practice your custom. Customs. I feel part of... She interrupted him. If you were Christian, I could understand. But you're a student of the holy white rock man. It's a reference to a Pasuk. You are not one of us. Go back to your roots. That's where you belong. Confused and dejected, Ben didn't know what to do. After all his travels, he was being told to go back to the same world he ran away from. He decided to listen to her and within days was back in New York. He asked around for anyone who could give him guidance. The name of Shlomo Freifeld, Rashiva of Yeshiva Shayashim Farakway, came up. Ben drove out to the Shiva, tucked his ponytail under his shirt, and made his way in. He was led to an office and began talking with Rabbi Freifeld. Rabbi Freifeld immediately began asking Ben about catching deer, identifying elk tracks, and other mechanics of hunting. Though the conversation only lasted 20 minutes, topics ranged from the Hungarian Navy to South Dakota Indian reservations. The next morning when he returned, a large crowd would gather in the base of Medrash for a bris mila. Ben stood him back until Rafael noticed him and asked his son-in-law, Avram Halpern, to bring Ben to the front. Ben was touched that Rafael even recognized him, but wished he hadn't watched the actual procedure. Over the next few weeks, they talked for hours on end. One time while they were sitting in the office, Rafael was called out for something. Left alone, Ben got up and began looking at all the svarim. Then he noticed something unusual. There seemed to be some svarim lying on the floor. These were holy books and surely didn't belong on the floor. He picked them up and saw that they were in fact not Svarim, but rather books about Indian culture and reservation. It was then, Ben says, that I realized how much my Rebbe really loved me. Ben went on to study Shashi for years where he saw firsthand that Jews don't have to look anywhere else for the salvation and life we we're all looking for. I read the story years ago. It was life-altering. <clears throat> And obviously the main point of the story is seeing what a Rebbe and a caring person that Rafael is going to read books so he could have a conversation point to uplift this guy and make him feel comfortable. Incredible, right? Incredible. But you know something else, Chavra? Do you realize how much time Rafael took out of his own learning, his own growth, his own to read books about Indian reservations? You think he really cared? <clears throat> You think he really cared about these books on hunting and whatever else he's reading? No, he cared about a neshama and he was willing to be mavatal himself for another human being. Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu. But listen, Chavra. So we have to get back to Kedis Yitzchak, remember? See, Avram Avinu, as much as that's what he devoted his life to, he had moments where he wasn't so sure. He had moments where he doubted. 
And he thought maybe he's making a mistake. And he's not going to be the person he could be. He's not going to be as holy and he can't reach what he could reach. He's not going to know as much Torah as he could have known. He's not going to be as pure as he could have been if he just had his bodidus all day and worked on himself and sat and learned and grew and didn't take of his own time for others. This is an explicit medrash. And the, the medrash says, in Mem Dalid, hey, Achar Dvarim, Acher hure, he had thoughts. What thoughts? Avram hear her. Avram had thoughts. Amr lefnei Kadosh Baruch Hu. He said to Rabbi Nishalom, Rabbi Nishalom, Rabbi Nishalom, Master of the Universe, Karata bris in Noach. You made a bris with Noach. She'en chamechal is banav that you won't destroy his children. Amalti v'sigalti mitzvos ma'isim tovim yosim imenu v'dochasa brisi l'briso. I came and I performed mitzvos and did my thing and you forgot about him and you latched on to me. Avram said, how am I not to know that someone else is going to come along bigger than me and he's going to be the leader of the nation? You're going to say, yeah, push Avram to the side. It's a medrash. And what was the impetus of that thought? That maybe Avram, because he was giving and giving and giving and caring, 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 the way Rephraifel did, the way Rephaim told me to. Maybe, but he sold himself short. He wasn't going to be a Chanoch who became a Malach. And the Shvila Pinchas Rebbe Mori says that was the fear of Akedas Yitzchok. That's what Avram feared by Akedas Yitzchok. And that was the big Nisoyen of a Kedis Yitzchak above and beyond all others. Kadesh Baruch Hu is telling Avram, Shecht his son. You know what Avram thought? You know what that meant? It wasn't just a test. Avram, you know what? Maybe Hashem was telling him, maybe his, come, his greatest fear is coming to fruition. That maybe what Hashem is telling him now, you know, why would Hashem tell me to Shecht my son when Hashem told me my son would be the leader of the nation? Maybe he's choosing someone else. Maybe my whole life mission, maybe my whole life mission that I'm going to start a nation believing in God and I'm going to start the Jewish nation, maybe Hashem saying to me, no, 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 you're not great enough. I'm choosing someone else. And you know how he's show, showing it? You know what the Mako Patish is? Go, that son that you thought was going to be, go kill him. I'm starting with, Abram was feared. I'm starting with someone else. That's why he said also, the Fasemes says, he says, Kachnas binchas yechidcha, yechidcha, your only son. The Fasemes says, because of yechidcha, shivavade hayechol lahamin, ki yitin lo ben acher. Because at first, okay, I'll shech this son. Obviously, that's going to be hard, but if Shem wants me to, but bestama, that means I'll have another son. And then I still could be the leader of the Jewish nation, and all that I've worked on my whole life could come to fruition. No, no, Hashem said, Yechidcha. Yechidcha. Amar lo, ki ein lo od ben. Rak Yitzchak. You're not going to have any other son. Yechidcha, this is your only son. Mishalei ola ola. Ba'ofen shenosan kol zer Yisrael b'kezu. When you take him up to the ola, it's like you're shechting the whole future B'nai Yisrael. There is not going to be B'nai Yisrael. Maybe from someone else. Not from you. Not from you. So the way, Hevra, we just, we just built Avram, we just built Avram into this 
individual that his whole life mission was to give and build and monotheism and start this nation. And Hashem is saying now, gone. Over. Over. And that's the next godless of Avram. The first godless was putting others above yourself. The next godless is even when you believe everything's MS and you're doing everything right. Everything. But Hashem comes and tells you, do it my way. And even if it seems to take your whole life and flip it upside down and throw it away, Avram still is willing to say, I'm still going to do it. That's Amuna, unwavering Amuna, in the darkest of hours, in the most difficult of hours. That's Akedis Yitzchak. That's what Akedis Yitzchak could be, each and every one of us. And we go through those times in our life when there's something that is so shocking and so against everything I want to do it. And so seems to be it's against my whole entire life mission and it doesn't make any sense. And still, I'm with you, Hashem. I'm with you even in this hour. Thus is Akedis Yitzchak. And we all have it in us to be lamalim and atava in a way. And I want to I want to share mamish a special matana that came to me. We'll get to matana always sounds gematra, but it's even in, in a certain sense the same way. We know that in last week's parsha, Avram is told to count the stars, and just like can't get that's ko yazarecha. We've said this over here before. I saw it first from Rav Shor. The Shiel Pinchas says as well. That what does that exactly mean, right? There are billions and billions of stars. There's what, 16 million Jews? There never were billions of Jews. We never, what, what was this bracha, koyi azarecha? So Rav Shur brings down such a beautiful yesod. Rav Shur says that the Medrash says, habetna shemaima, that Hashem said to Avram, look down at the stars. Habet means to stare down. Stare down at the stars, meaning what? Vayotzeos, it says he took him achutso, he took him outside, the Medrash says. He took Avram outside of the universe and said, look down at the universe, look down at the stars. Ko Meaning what? Just like now you're lamalam and ateva. Just like you're above the nature of this world, so too, ko yezarecha, so too, so too will be your children. Ko yezarecha. We see that by Yosef Atzadi because it's the same lashon. That by Eishes Potifar, the same exact lashon. He went outside because he also went lamalam and teva. Nature would say, "Give in to that woman. Give in to your temptation." He was above it. Koyazarecha therefore means that each and every one of us has the ability to be above and beyond nature, lamalam and teva, above this world, even when it makes no sense at all. That's Akedis Yitzchak. You want to hear where we see this? And it's really Rashi brings it out, but we'll take it to the next level. What is... We're traveling. They're traveling. <clears throat> Who's traveling at first? Not just Avram Yitzchak. Who else are with them at first? Who? Yishmael and, and Eliezer, right? All four of them at first are traveling. Then Avram turns to Yishmael and Eliezer and says, You guys stay here. Vani, Vanar, I and the other Nar, I and Yitzchak, Nelchar, Ko. And Rashi already says that Ko, what's that Ko? Alluding to Ko Yazarecha. Chevra, listen to what was going on here. Yishmael and Eliezer, who are not the Yidin and not going to be the, the, the future of the world. Shvulachem Po, you stay here. Myself and Yitzchak are going to go Ad Ko. Meaning, only we are, are zocha, are roi, to be koyi azarecha. 
Only we are right to be Lamalam Tava. We're gonna be Makayim Akedis Yitzchak. In a normal world, you can't be Makayim Akedis Yitzchak. The Umas Olam can't be Makayim Akedis Yitzchak. Because you have to be Lamalam and Ateva to be able to put God above everything, even when it makes absolutely no sense. Only we could be Koyi Azarecha. I want to say, Bederech Drush, Mezimatano. How do we, you and I, have that even today? How, how do you and I have that same amuna? How can we be through the trials and tribulations of life, through the challenges of life, through what's going on in the world, the world of Sheker, the world of Atzvus, the world where every day we're in shock of what's going on and we're still living with the pain of, of three weeks ago every single moment? How do we stand up tall and pass our Akedis Yitzchak? Because we have that same amuna. And where does it come from? He says to them, Shvulchem Po. We could go out Ko, Ko Yezarecha. How do you get from Po to Ko? Po and Ko are very similar words, right? Pehe and Chafe. Same exact. Nekudos, basically, right? So Bigamatria, Po is 85. Ko is 25. The difference there from, from Po to Ko is 60. The Medrash says there are 60 Mesechtas. Whatever exactly that means, because we have a different... But the Medrash says there are 60 Mesechtas. Therefore, 60 represents Torah. 60 represents Torah. 60 represents Torah. Meaning what? You know when you have unwavering Amuna? You know when you have... A, when you live Ko When you live with Torah in the deepest of ways. Torah gives us the greatest Amuna. Torah is Chach Melukis. Torah gives us an ability to understand Hashem, to live with Hashem, to be one with Hashem. As the Balatanya says, we say it all the time, every time we learn Torah, we're giving Hashem a hug. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. And when we have that, we live above it all. Obviously, yes, Avram Vinu's whole entire essence of life was to give and give and give and give. But his greatest Nisoyon was to say, I want to see if you're willing to give all that up even. All of that up. And shecht your son so there will be no future. No longer giving. No longer anything. Give all that up for me. Could you even put me above even that? That's what it means that everyone else, if you didn't pass that last test, every other test pales in comparison. Because that's the test of life. Do you really have that level of amuna? So halavai, each and every one of us, our whole world should be giving and be mavata ourselves for others. But with synthesized with the amuna in the strongest of way to know Hashem is above everything. And when I have that, even during these very difficult, dark days, each and every one of us stands up tall. However, I don't know how many of you, I don't know how many of you saw, you know, there's so many clips going around, there's so much to see, and, and MSs, they're important, a lot of them. At the same time, you could be so, you could like much drown in it, drown in sorrow, drown in just time. There was one that went around this week, or the last couple of days. If you didn't see it yet, ask me. You have to see it. You have to understand Hebrew. or It's not, not such difficult Hebrew to, to hear, but it was a Knesset. A woman was speaking in the Knesset. If you didn't see this yet, you have to see it tonight because it's, it's, it's life-altering. No, it's life-altering. I don't remember bigger chizik in, in, in the last decade. And she was talking about, let me explain, she was talking about, we all know, it's already about a week ago, and we're hoping for many more, but there was, there was, one, there was one captive, 
There was one captive, Ori Magadish. There was a soldier, a woman soldier, that somehow they never came out with the story how they knew where she was or just by Mazel, but they, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hu allowed us to find her and take her, bring her back home. Ori Magadish. And, and there were many videos going around about her family who were these, you know, Maminim b'nei Maminim Svaradim that like are the like the holiest Jews in the world and the things they were doing to Davin and to in her zchus and one of the things if you saw the video they like I don't I don't know where the school it came from or what it was but some makubal or something told them to I guess to bring like a Torah into her bedroom and Davin I don't know if you saw this video it was like Marsh took one of the Svardi Torahs and they danced it into the room and half the people are crying half the people are singing and they're davening and like not sure I'm not listen I'm nothing I'm just telling you what I saw you know. And then there was a big video going around when the mother was, was doing Hafrashas Chala. It was very emotional and doing, saying the whole tefillah and then davening for her safety. I, I saw that and I didn't even pick up on this in the middle, that what she said. I didn't hear it the first time I, I saw it. I, I thought it was incredibly inspiring just to see the, the lave of a yid for her daughter. So this woman gets up in the Knesset. I, I assume it was a Knesset member. I'm not who, sure who was speaking it's amazing that this was also just said in the Knesset. Look at Klai Yisrael. This is not, this, what she said, was not in a shul, was not in a base medrash, was not at the Kaisel. It was in the Knesset, in the, the governing body of, of our country. She gets up and gives a five-minute speech, not a political speech, and not trying to convince anybody about a way that we should have the war or or anything political. She gets up and she talks to the Knesset members about Margalit Magadish, Ori's mother. And she talks about the video of her being doing Hafrash's Chala. And she says, this woman was davening to Hashem for her daughter. Her daughter's in Gaza at the time. Her daughter is a captive, a hostage. Her daughter could be being, we, we, we have images of being in our minds, of being tortured in ways we can't even imagine, having no idea where she is, having really no idea if she's dead or alive. And she's davening for her. And she says, that all of us would do. All of us would be davening. And in the midst of the tefillah, this Sadekis Margalit says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ani Ohevet Otcha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ani Ohevet Otcha. Now this woman speaking says, that she's talking about herself, she says, I have a lot of amuna, And I believe in Hashem. And I believe everything Hashem ultimately does is for good. And I believe... And all the things, but if I was in that situation with my own daughter in the hands of these barbaric animals, worse than animals, I wouldn't be able to say such words. And she says, This Margalit, you're my hero. Margalit, you're my role model. Margalit, you're a tzadikas that the biggest and holiest of people can't even stand in your shoes. Such a muna. Such a muna to say in the moment of sorrow, in the moment of darkness, in Gam Kilv Gates of Mabes, Kiati Imadi, but not just Kiati Imadi, and Yohevet Otcha. And Yohevet Otcha. I love you, Hashem. I love you. As I'm going through the tragedy that Hashem, for whatever reason, brought about, orchestrated, and could bring the Yeshua. But Ani Yohevet Otcha. You know what it is to be a Yid? To, to hear that in our lifetime? It had to, when that woman, Marguerite, said that, the heaven had to be shaking. Had to be shaking. I don't know, we haven't seen it yet, there are Yeshuos and Yeshuos that are going to come about because of that one line. I have no doubt. 
Tfilos that I, all my tefillos in my whole lifetime, every Yom Kippur, every Ne'ilah, all together in one, doesn't compare to that one line. To that one line. That's Akedus Yitzchak. That's as my whole world is completely collapsing. My whole world. Trust me. <clears throat> trust me, Chevra. You'll be Zoycha when you have children. Your whole world is your children. There's nothing else but your children. And you're a child in captive. Your world is collapsed completely. And in that moment, I love you, Hashem. The greatest Akedis Yitzchak. Since Akedis Yitzchak, there hasn't been a moment like that. Since Akedis Yitzchak, there hasn't been a moment. But that's what it is. That's the Muna that we have. And that's the Muna we all have within us. And when we have that Amuna, whatever comes our way. And the Halavai, this is going to be over soon with big Yeshua's and big Ulos. But until it does, we could stand up tall and we could still survive. And we're not, we're not misyayish and we're not in despair. We're crying tears because we're so sad for people and we're so sad for Klai Yisrael and so sad for families. But ultimately, we also have a moon and we stand up and we're continuing and we know we're going to persevere. We know we're going to be okay. And we know there's going to be Geula. We have no doubt. Because Kol Madav Rechman of it. That's the moon of Akedz Yitzchak. So Bez Yom Zbaruch, we should be Zoycha to learn from Avram Vino. To give of ourselves, to be mavat ourselves for others, to be a Rib Shlomo Freifeld, to be a Rib Shlomo Karabach, to be and take the lessons, Pehid to Rib Chaim Knievsky's words that he gave to me. But above all of that is our Amun Hashem. Above all of that is just knowing Hashem runs the world, Hashem's orchestrating it all. And with that, we get through anything until we're Zoichet, with Mishiach Zakenu, with Tchias Hamesim, Bekara Amen. Amen.